So let's say it's about time <laughs> I'm back. That's the name of this episode. Good to be back. It is good to be back. Let me tell you. Finally got my computer back because Best Buy, well, I got to tell you. I mean, I know it's technology and nothing's guaranteed and whatever, whatever. But man, <laughs> so apparently Best Buy... When I took my computer in the first time ever, like a year or two ago, and they upgraded the um, solid-state drive to a one terabyte, and they somehow <laughs> used the wrong file system. So it worked, but here's the catch. When they went to put it onto a two terabyte, clone it to a two terabyte, that's what I had it in for now, Took them a while, but they finally realized they had used the wrong file system to start with. Long story short, they ended up having to format the new drive after a version of Windows and all my settings and whatnot had been put on it. So thankful that I had gotten all my pictures and everything and anything that, you know, needed to be off the main drive before I took it into Best Buy. Anyway, welcome to the show. <laughs> Glad to be back. Glad to be here always. And we'll start with our first scripture and then we'll get into the show. How's that? John 16, This is Jesus speaking. These things I have spoken unto you, that in me ye might have peace. In the world, yea, ye shall have tribulation. But be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. That's John 16.33. Here's one from Nehemiah 8.10. Nehemiah 8.10. For this day is holy unto our Lord, neither be ye sorry, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. So you see, even in the Old Testament, uh, you know, and obviously as well as the New Testament, the idea of peace and serenity through the Lord or with the Lord has always been the case. There's never been a difference. The only time you kind of worry about not being at peace with the Lord is if you're sinning around and so forth and whatnot and misbehaving and all that kind of stuff. Well, then you got problems. But if you're, you know, living the best life you can for the Lord and doing what the Lord asks you to and going where he needs you to go and all those things, then you really, you got no problems. You know, except the world will hate you, but <laughs> who cares? <laughs> I, I mean, really. So listen, here's a nice news update for you. Donald Trump did it. I'll tell you, it's been coming. His campaign finally compared the federal indictments he's facing to the... Now, remember something up front. I have said this. I can't even count how many times, but this is what he said. He uh, So he compared the federal indictments he's facing to the lawlessness reminiscent of Nazi Germany and the Soviet Union. Now, this is what he said, quote, The lawlessness of these persecutions of President Trump and his supporters is reminiscent of Nazi Germany in the 1930s, the former Soviet Union, and other authoritarian dictatorial regimes like North Korea, Cuba, blah, blah, blah. But you know what? The media turned it, turned it into what it wasn't. It was a statement made by his campaign 
in regards to what's going on, right, with the indictments and all that nonsense. But the media, oh, no, 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 no. No. You see, he didn't say it was a comparison or it had to do with the Holocaust. That, that's not what he was saying, all right? What he's saying is individuals such as Joe Biden and Merrick Garland have shredded the Constitution in their hopes of holding power. And, <laughs> big surprise, right? Dun, 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 fixing another election. And, of course, jailing a president. The thing that Trump is comparing them to is such um, events in and during the time of Nazi Germany. But I think what he's really referring to here is the Nuremberg trials, or the not the Nuremberg trials, the Nuremberg laws, okay? And they were a set of laws set by the Nazi regime in regards to how you could or couldn't act and what you could and couldn't do and who you could and couldn't be with, all these kinds of things. This is what he's comparing it to, and a, and a rightful comparison it is. I've said it so many times. I said it so many times. But, you know, again. So, moving on. I have a strong feeling this is going to be added to the likes of the Clinton body count. If you don't know the Clinton body count, there have been several at least, <laughs> if not more, um, individuals that were involved with the Clintons that no longer breathe air. They're six feet down. And it's just, uh, you know, ironic that these things happen because here we have, over there in Massachusetts, um, the cops are being accused of covering up, well, the drowning of Obama's personal chef. Mm-hmm. The body count, millions and millions and millions of dollars to cover this all up, to make it so that, well, I guess we're not supposed to notice. <laughs> really? <laughs> Went to church yesterday. Awesome sermon. It was, um, I actually had, pastor gives out questions, like so the week Last week, I got the question. My question was, who is Belial? Who is Belial? Well, it says in um, 2 Corinthians 6.15, I believe it is, do not yoke yourselves together in a team with unbelievers, for how can righteousness and lawlessness be partners? What fellowship does light have with darkness? What harmony, now here, what harmony can there be between the Messiah and Belial? What does a believer have in common with an unbeliever? What agreement can there be between the temple of God and idols? For we are the temple of the living God. As God said, I will house myself in them, not with them, in them, and I will walk among you. And he did, didn't he? And he still does, doesn't he? And it goes on to finish off, I will be their God and they will be my people. This is reminiscent of so many times the Lord um, said those kinds of things about the house of Israel in the Old Testament. But here he's saying it, well, in the New Testament. So we are not the new house of Israel. Don't, don't even go there. 
that replacement theology nonsense. That's out of Satan's uh, hell book. I'll tell you that right now. But anyway, we are now considered children of God. We are no longer on the outside in the camp looking in. Now we are in the camp, okay? And we fellowship with the Jews, not against them. So the question was, who is Belial? Well, it, it, it really has to do with what Paul's talking about here, okay? So the main scripture I had to look up was what harmony can there be between the Messiah and Belial? Depends on where you want to look in history to see who Belial is. Belial is just another name for Baal, B-A-A-L. And if you look in the Old Testament, you'll see that not long after Israel came into the Promised Land after leaving Egypt, what's the first thing they do? Well, that's right. Go against what God warned them about and told them against. Don't get involved with these people where you're going. Don't take unto yourself their gods and, and so forth and whatnot. And what did they do? They did just that. And the biggest um, problem came from the worship of the god Baal. Now, if you remember a few shows back, I mentioned the fact that Baal is really concerned with turning you away from God so you don't believe anymore, okay, like you should be. And that's what he did with Israel. And that's what Paul is saying here. How can you have harmony between the Messiah and Belial? You can't, because one is against the other, okay? So therefore, a lot of people think this is about marriage, and it's been like that for like forever, right, or since it's been written. The thing is, is these words get changed when they go from language to language. So this Belial is one of those words that got, you know, a different name, so to speak. The meaning is the same, but they changed the name. And Paul is saying here, rightfully so, we can still think of it as being something to do with marriage and not yoking yourself to an unbeliever. But God's, God's word is bigger than that. And we know that, right? It's, it's verses such as this. I remember, um, that made me remember one of the first tenets of my or our faith is that all scripture is for you, but not all scripture is to you. I actually learned that for the first time when I studied to be a pastor. That was one of the first lessons or one of the first, you know, messages from the first lessons that, that you know, I got from the book. Now, he's also known as the Lord of Lies, the master of deception. <laughs> and he's... you. He's considered in the rank of things one of the four lesser evils, but he's in the seven great evils in the mortal realm. The whole thing is, it, it's about forgetting about God. It's about putting God on the back burner, all these things that are against God. So therefore, what, he's, what Paul is saying is anybody, anybody and anything that's not joined with Messiah, like we are, then if you spend too much time with him, you may find yourself back to sinning again without even realizing you did it. So instead of us changing them or allowing the Holy Spirit to change them, they're actually changing us back to the way we were. You see, God doesn't change. He says, I change not. 
So God's not going to change to accommodate the lifestyle that we're giving up or that we're coming out of, okay? And you can't continue to live in that lifestyle and think that it's okay with God. It's, that's not how it works, all right? The Holy Spirit should be transforming you into a new man, a new believer, a new creation, a new creature, so forth and so on, right? That's what the scripture tells us. But demons such as Balao and all his group of Baal, they're just the opposite. And so they want us to think that the behavior that we used to do is still okay. You know, and it's hard to understand the idea of, you know, the, the, the scripture to Adam and Eve, surely on that day you will die. Well, they didn't die immediately, not physically anyways. Aha! Spiritual death, immediate. Immediate. Then, of course, 900 and some odd years later, Adam and Eve both passed away. But back to what I was saying. We have to remember that the Holy Spirit is leading us in a certain direction, and then the evil spirits are trying to lead us in the opposite direction. That's what it's all about. You see, and once we understand that and how it works, then we can understand or better understand our place with the Lord, his place in our life, and our duties and responsibilities. Moving along, Biden and his family, you got to be kidding, but it's true, millions and millions of dollars. There is... A constant flow, it seems, of information, documented and bona fide, vetted and whatever else, that clearly implicates Joe Biden in the dealings his son had with not only the shell corporations and, or, and so forth, but other, well, you might say people from the political hierarchies of, of other nations. And Joe Biden was involved. Folks, what's it going to take for us to stand up and say enough? What's it going to take for us to finally say, this can't go on like this anymore? Okay? Because the, the bottom line is, they're taking us for a ride, and we're not doing anything about it. I read this in... Uh, uh, on a website it was quite interesting 545 versus 300 million people now listen politicians are the only people in the world who create problems and then campaign against them remember I said a long time ago the way they operate create chaos and then create the answer have you ever wondered if both Democrats and Republicans are against deficits why do we have deficits? If they're against inflation and high taxes, why do we have inflation and high taxes? They don't propose a federal budget. The president does. You and I don't have the constitutional authority to vote on appropriations. The House of Representatives does. And you and I don't write the tax code. Congress does that. They don't, we don't set fiscal policy. Congress does that. You and I don't control monetary policy. The Federal Reserve Bank does. We have 100 senators, 435 congressmen, one president, 
and nine Supreme Court justices, which equals 545 human beings out of 300 million who are directly, legally, morally, and individually responsible for the domestic problems that plague that country. But they don't take care of the problem. If they were to really and honestly and truly take care of the problem, then there wouldn't be problems. You get it? Moving along, here's another one. Trump lost it on Wicked Witch Nancy Pelosi in an utterly bizarre, seemingly social post, calls her a sick and demented psycho who will someday live in hell. You know, I got to tell you something. He's got it right. Nancy Pelosi and those like her, Schumer, the whole bunch of them. And I'm not saying that nobody else is included in that list, but they're most definitely going to spend their eternity in hell unless they suddenly, you know, see the error of their ways and change them. But I really don't think that that's going to happen. I really don't. Just like I got to tell you, I really don't think we're going to have a major uh, revival in this country religiously. It's not going to happen. All right? We're beyond that. We're like in the mire, in the mucky mire, and there's no way out of this. No way out. Let's look at another couple stories. Here's one that's really concerning. And again, you know, you might not think so because that's way over there and we're over here. And who gives a rat's hoot about the Jews anyways and all that kind of stuff. But listen, there's a new alignment taking place in the Middle East and it does not include us because we, for some reason, don't think it's, uh, well, important. It's realigned itself again because we've withdrawn for the, from the region. But what we have, these are now because, like, you know, we're not there we have China, Russia, and Iran. They know America is weak. So they're no longer going to look to America. They're looking elsewhere. And the interesting thing is this, not just that, you know, this is going on, but that's prophetically, prophetically significant. And here's why. China, kings of the east. Russia, Gog and Magog. Iran, Persia. These are all end-time players. And Saudi Arabia has to allow, through their good graces, I suppose, these armies to march through her country on their way to attack and <laughs> what they think destroy Israel. So you see, based on politics, all right, our lack of interest and our lack of strength and concern they have, being Saudi Arabia, has turned to these other power players in the world, okay? Now, okay, whatever, you know, trade and commerce and so forth and so on, but there's way more to it than that. This also includes military alignments. This includes military surpluses being exchanged. And these are, again, like I said, the countries that are in the prophecies for the end times to come against Israel. This is how it happens, folks. This is how it happens. And it's not necessarily a, a, a big headline in, you know, most of the news sources. you got to kind of look for these things. But when you find them, 
you realize, wow, this is really significant because it fits right in with biblical prophecy. So here we have it. You know, the World Economic Forum and this stuff going on. It's all lining up just the way the Lord God said it would. There's no, no difference here. None. Now, we have Mohammed bin Salman, who is the new leader of Saudi Arabia, okay? His father died. He takes over. He's a young guy, too. So we have him telling us, now this is why the price of gas suddenly, well, amongst other reasons, went up here in the last uh, week or so. He's cut back again. You see? And because we kowtow to the likes of individuals like him, we suffer. I just want to remind you one more time, it wasn't like that under Trump. Here we have a UN expert, all right? And I saw the picture of this guy in front of the UN flag thing there, or backdrop, whatever, saying what he has to say. So this <laughs> expert advisor on sexual orientation has issued a new report demanding that, now get, demanding that Christians comply with radical leftist theology ideology. Not asking, not looking for some sort of concession. He's demanding a complete and total revamp of the way we believe. So this expert expressed the idea that religious freedom, get this, is not incompatible with LGBT ideology. Well, it's not incompatible if you change the true meaning of the scriptures. Sure, then everybody can get along. Like I always say, kumbaya, right? Let's all just get along. But that's not what it's about. Jesus said he came to bring a sword. Jesus said he came to pit mother against daughter and father against son and vice versa. But this individual really believes that if we would just quote-unquote change our way of thinking... Unbelievable. But this is what we're up against. They're coming after our doctrines of faith. They're coming after our, our, our reason for. They're saying that we are committing blatant violations of religious freedom. Can you believe that? They think that there should be religious communities put together to reinterpret their own doctrines to meet his preferences. Now, mind you, everybody, you say to yourself, well, this guy's with the U.N., who gives a hoot? We belong to the U.N., and unlike under Trump's administration, we kowtow to the U.N. Trump wasn't having it, all right? But we're not under Trump anymore, are we? So, therefore, this is what we got. Just one quick thing. I saw a picture of this guy that had that to say, you should see the eyeglasses he wears. 10,000 pairs, and he picks these. But, <laughs> I'm just saying. Anyway, if we're not more active, not reactive, proactive, in other words, don't wait for it to happen. Get out there and do something about it now. Well, the longer that continues and so forth, the farther and farther down the rabbit hole we're going to go. Archaeologists have discovered 
<coughs> the city of Sodom. Now this is uh, from the um, uh, archaeologists that have been over there. Well, they had doubts and questions in their minds about the validity of the Genesis account and what happened there. <coughs> so this is from All Israel News. So we're all, I guess you could say, hopefully all of us, if not most of us, are familiar with the book of Genesis about the two sin-filled cities of Sodom and Gomorrah and what is their cataclysmic destruction. There is, in modern scientific age, a struggle, or an outright refuse, to accept that the cities ever really existed, and much less that God wiped them out with fire from heaven. But here you go. Last week, and again this week, Dr. Stephen Collins, the archaeologist who claims that he and his team have actually uncovered the biblical cities of Sodom and Gomorrah, in the kingdom of Jordan, which puts them exactly where the Bible says they should be. All right? Do you understand that? Ladies and gentlemen, this is probably the biggest find so far of the 21st century. This validates the very word of God that says this happened. That says it happened. All right? Now, in the Bible, the wealth and size of Sodom is described um, that it would have been probably one of the largest, if not the largest and most influential and powerful cities of its time. So it would have been the equivalent of, say, New York City, all right, in size and scope. So it would be hard to make up or to ancient audiences who knew the history of the geography of the region well. You can't dispute what they say about it. So when you go outside of the Bible and you start looking at other evidences for and against, you start to realize this place really did exist. Okay? So what they did was what so many other people do. They just followed the clues laid out in Genesis. And what did they find? They uncovered the biggest Bronze Age city in the entire Middle East. You hear that? A city that comports with the biblical account of Sodom in every respect, including its sudden and cataclysmic annihilation. Isn't that something? So, where was Lot standing when he lifted up his eyes and saw that the whole plain of the Jordan was well watered, it was Bethel and I. So they start there, and here they come to a site called Tel Amen. They had to have supervision and permission from the kingdom of Jordan, but when they got it and they started looking, what did they find? A massive series of cities including the biggest and wealthiest city of the Bronze Age in that region. Isn't that amazing? And they found, to top this all off, a massive metropolitan city that was completely wiped out in a sudden firestorm and then for probably about 700 years was never inhabited again. 
Now, I know a group of individuals said that if, in fact, the story of Sodom and Gomorrah is true and they were wiped out according to what the Bible said in the timing and everything of it, it would have been a blast larger than all the nuclear weapons put together and the sun included. It would have been, well, catastrophic to say the least. I like it. I like it a lot. So, in the end, we're dealing with a world that's topsy-turvy, upside down, and so forth and so on. And which way do we go? How do we look at this? And where do we, you know, where do we even begin? Let's look at Galatians 2, verse 20. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. So here we have the fact that we are with Christ, through him, in him, and by him, everything. And so the beginning of the show, when I talked about those who try to take us away from that, remember this. It says in Luke 21, you shall be betrayed both by parents and brethren, kinsfolk and friends. And some of you shall they cause to be put to death, and ye shall be hated of all men for my name's sake. But there shall not a hair of your head perish, and your patience possesses ye your souls. Take note. Take note of something in this scripture, a line. Four words. For my name's sake. Hated because of it. Not just being a believer, no. Because there's millions, if not billions, of believers worldwide. It's not your religion either. Not really. Although some are more mainstream than others, it, 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 it really, to them, doesn't matter. No. All that matters. Everything comes down to one thing. The name Jesus. The name Jesus. Anybody who's having an encounter with demons and or, you know, quote-unquote aliens, they won't mention the name Jesus. They steer away from it. In fact, it won't come up in the conversation unless you bring it up. And then they, they divert. So in their world, we're the problem. Because we won't conform or get along. I remember many times my mom, especially my mom, because she was a holding out Catholic for a while. But anyways, you know, the old, you know, why can't you just get along, Mike? Why can't you just settle down or don't get started? <laughs> don't get started? You haven't seen anything yet. I'm just beginning. She told me that when we went to my sister's for a, a luncheon, or I guess, a, well, it was Easter time. Don't get them started. That's what they say. You know the old adage, some things have never changed is appropriate here. I think that when we look at certain individuals throughout the Bible and what their influences were and what they showed themselves to be, we need to look at well, let's look at two of them, David and Daniel. David, a man after God's own heart, and Daniel, a faithful man without error or fault. 
These individuals attacked and falsely accused by not just co-workers, but family members. David's family was all against him. We live in a time when the world sees Christians as the problem. Not sin, not our, you know, disobedience, not that. Oh, nay, nay. We're the problem and our belief structure. You know, the word hated means to detest. It's a real strong word. My wife and I tell, and you know, my grandson especially and whatever, you know, don't use the word hate. That's not a good word. Because, because of what it means and, 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 and what it entails. But in the world today, that's exactly how the world feels about those of us who hold biblical truth as fact. They hate us, quote-unquote, detest us. And when we stand on God's word and then continue in it, we become the problem because we're a constant reminder to them of their sin. That's what they don't, you know, when you come to Christ, you come into the light, okay? And the light exposes you. Worldly people don't want to come into the light. Like, you know, the old horror movies with Dracula, you know, he wouldn't come into the sunlight, which is a fallacy, but still, it was in the book, you know, so forth. So we're the hated ones because we continue in the word of God. We're the ones that have to be dealt with and not in a kindful way because we believe and live in the world of God, in the word of God, excuse me. You can take what happened to David and, and Daniel and so many others. All those individuals and still, and you know, a couple, two, three thousand years ago. But people in the world today are the same as they were then. You know, even if you don't read your Bible, I think most people are familiar with David and Goliath. The world needs to remember the faithful, not their adversaries. Says in Proverbs 24:10, if thou faint in the day of adversity, thy strength is small. God's not going to put us in a situation where we have to we have to face a very serious, serious onslaught. But the thing is, we're going to have to, at some point in time, stand up for our faith. And it may be amongst our family, our friends, or co-workers, maybe just in the world in general. I know for myself that when I speak the name Jesus, and I try to do it as often as I can in the markets, the stores, whatever, try to just bring Jesus into the conversation. And this was true even in New York, which is a very blue Liberal state, so they say, but quite honestly, it's only Albany and New York City. Most of New York is red. Anyways, if I would bring up the name Jesus, people listened, people stopped, people thought, people recalled. That's what we need to have happen in our own lives. Don't 
Don't worry about, you know, revival and things like that, like I said earlier. In our own lives, we need to stoke those coals. We need to fire ourselves up for the Lord. There's all kinds of manner of evil being spoken against us. But let's not be faint or lose heart. We need, right, to be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. It says in Romans 8, But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, which is the spirit of God, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. We always need to remember, even though we talk about these individuals from times past, and, you know, we sometimes we think of them in a lofty manner. They were just men. They were just individuals like you and me. Same with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and Moses. Moses debated God several times. I don't want anything to do with this. Find somebody else. But God was determined it was going to be Moses. The thing is, it was their faith in God. That's what made them mighty. And if you want to leave your mark in this world, let it be this, that you were found faithful and true even in the face of adversity. That you geared yourself towards the likes of the Apostle Paul and James and Peter and John and, and all of them. And all of the first ones that came after them or came with them. They were the ones that established this Christian faith that we call our own. The same spirit that lived in Christ and raised him from the dead dwells in every born-again Christian, giving all of us the power to face adversity in the strength of the Lord. Anybody who's done that in ancient times past, we still know them to this day. But let our names be found among them in the future. Let us not forget the calling that we've been given or that we're a part of by being believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. Something I want to tell you by going in another direction I saw some footage, some video footage that was never has never been seen before. And it was the moment when, and this really it, it teared me up. This is the moment when U.S. troops saved thousands of Jews from the Nazi death camp train bound for Ferenczat concentration camp. Never before seen. It was amazing. A train of 2,500 Jewish prisoners were headed for the Nazi death camp. So if you don't know how it worked, they were cattle cars. All right? They had very little ventilation and a, maybe, if at all, a small window that had bars on it. It was for transporting cattle. Well, that's how they transported the Jews to the death camps or to the work camps. 
2,500 of them were just stuffed. They couldn't sit down. They couldn't move from one spot to the other. That's where they were, well, <laughs> going to have to do their defecating too. This is referred to as the miracle at Farlsben. It occurred on April 13, 1945, and this is when a train carrying Jewish prisoners from Bergen-Belsen to Therenstadt concentration camps was forced to stop near the village of Farlsbad. And they were, uh, well, to avoid being caught in the crossfire of an artillery battle that was going on between us and German forces. Now, the SS officers in charge facing the prospect of not completing their grim task have been instructed to execute, execute as many of their captives as possible. But they abandoned their posts. They took off. They skedaddled, <laughs> okay? And it, soon American jeeps and tanks and American servicemen started to arrive on the scene. Can you imagine the relief? Can you imagine the sense of joy that these individuals experienced at that moment. How lucky they were to be there at that time. This footage was filmed by one of the soldiers that came in with the Ninth Army. So this is, you know, this is uh, raw footage. You know, it's not doctored up or anything. Now, the camp they were coming from, Bergen-Belsen, was where about 50,000 of them died. Among them, one of the more well-known, was Anne Frank, the diary of Anne Frank. They established that camp in 1940, and it was south of the small towns of Bergen and Belsen, so it got the name Bergen-Belsen. It was exclusively, until 1943, a prisoner of war camp. I worked with an individual who was in a prisoner camp. He got caught stealing and he was sent to one of the camps to serve his time. Anyway, they would take prisoners in hopes of, well, eradicating or getting rid of any evidence. And that's why they had orders to shoot them the way they did. The whole idea of a single people being tagged or singled out as being a major problem and ones that don't need to be living amongst us any longer is the same train of thought. Now, you may think I'm crazy for saying this, but I'm telling you, it's the same train of thought that goes into the idea of Christians today. Whether they like it or not, many of the German people of that day were anti-Semitic. And the likes of somebody like Hitler brought that to the surface. A lot of people discovered that they were, in fact, anti-Semitic. wasn't something they gave much thought to before the fact, but suddenly realized, you know what? I am. So this is what we're finding out today. We're finding out that 
many people who we thought were, well, our friends, are actually... Okay, love you. Love you, Preston. Have a good day. Okay, buddy. God bless. Um, my grandson's going to school. Take him to the bus stop. Anyways, we're being considered, or we are considered, in many respects, no better or no, no more well-off than the Jews were of the days of Nazi Germany. Ironically, if you know the background, elimination of the Jews originated from the gates of hell. Satan's idea of thinking is, get rid of the Jews, you get rid of the Lord's need to return. Get rid of the Jews, we'll get rid of God. Well, I gotta tell you something. That's not how it works. What we see is you know, the Biden administration on board with dividing up Israel, giving parts of Israel to people that have no right to it, i.e. the Palestinians and so forth. All right? And now you got Saudi Arabia, Iran, Russia, and China coming together, and they're anti-Semitic. You see, we have a group of people that we refer to, I guess, as the elites, and the elites of every generation delude themselves into believing they're some kind of superhuman or inherently different from those they consider beneath them. And they're not. Whatever afflicts ordinary people is going to eventually come for those who build these extravagant sanctuaries intended to rival Mount Olympus. You see, they're coming after us, folks. They're coming after us. They're not going to be happy until they can shut us up and make us go away. And yet, interesting, this elite ideology, nothing before it has caused as much suffering. And there's only one reason for it. It's a false doctrine. And it feeds on self-confidence. Now, this is a fatal flaw. And it's going to lead to tragedy for many people. Not just those who perpetrate it, but the victims. This is, this is a group of people that are going to be just completely and totally rejected by the Lord and destroyed. And what's so interesting about the whole thing in many respects is we can see this happening in history in times gone by. And unfortunately, yep, history's doomed to repeat itself and man doesn't learn from his history. So here we are. Here we are. We have an illegal coup that's going on to do nothing short of accelerate the destruction of this country. And that is the, the, the dying theme. In other words, their build back better slogan is, you know, you could liken it to come hell or high water, we're going to get this done. And that's what they're doing. 
That is the theme of their campaign. It has been since, you know, Bozo first stepped on the stage from his basement and the entire illegitimate regime that he brought in with him, and they're the ones currently occupying the White House, the halls of Congress, the Senate, the whole nine yards. You know, it's not surprising to find, and it's not just coincidence, that their slogan, Build Back Better, is the same one from the World Economic Forum's Great Reset Agenda as well. You see, in order to build back for better or worse, you gotta have you gotta destroy it first. This is what you know is like perplexing, right? How can you build back better if it's already, you know, great? But they destroyed it. They destroyed what Trump had done. Look at them look at what we're going through. And this is this is only the tip of the iceberg, as they say. <clears throat> And they have no intention of letting up or stopping. They're going to continue on. And I think it's going to continue right up until the day the Lord returns and destroys them all. He's going to avenge his adversaries. And they are his adversaries. You see, the Lord's adversaries aren't necessarily always those, you know, say like in the Middle East or something. They're right here. They're all around the world. And this is... Just one of the things we've been seeing over, I guess, really the last decade or so is this tearing down of America. But right now, it's been accelerated to almost a mind-boggling speed. You know, I could go back a lot further than 2020, but listen, we got groups like Antifa and the Black Lives Matter movement and they recruited and paid people to riot, burn, loot, and destroy many of our nation's cities. Anarchy was everywhere. And what got done about it? Nothing. Nothing. This wasn't about unconstitutional edicts of those who orchestrated the COVID scam. No, no, no. It was over creating racial divide just like Obama did. And it was fueled by intense hatred. This was not something that just happened. It was orchestrated. They took over entire cities and parts of this country. What? Wait a minute. Hang on. (laughs) You know? Hang on. And then because of all this, we have, you know, in fact, I just read... Recent that, um, oh, what yellow trucking company you may have seen their trucks on the highways or in your cities or towns, they're going into bankruptcy, they're going down. That's huge. That is a major carrier for all kinds of goods across this country. What's going to happen? Well, you think the shells are bare now? Wait, you haven't seen anything yet. And we got this going on, businesses and, you know, across neighborhoods across the country. They're just being destroyed, tore apart. We have law enforcement being ordered to stand down and let it burn. And then the rioters, tens of thousands of them in certain places. The mainstream media 
continuing to lie to our faces, calling these <laughs> peaceful protests. Yeah, I, I don't know. Talk about fruits, right? So you tell me this, that, and the other thing, but the fruits, in other words, the actions tell me more, right? I think that's why the Indian said the white man speaks with a forked tongue. You tell me you want peace, and on the other hand, you're killing my people and forcing us on the grown-nothing reservation pieces of land. We were trained by the brainwashers to not believe our own eyes, but still, peaceful protests and police cars and buildings are in flames in the background? How do you, how do you rectify that? We got all kinds of things that are coming up. Everything and anything under the sun is, you know, we're going to have to deal with this. We're going to have to stand up and, and finally realize, and I keep saying this, and I'm getting nowhere, as I know, <laughs> but still I say it. We got to make a stand. I mean, like I said earlier, wouldn't you rather go down in history with the likes of David and Daniel and Elijah and Abraham and Moses and all those people? Or do you want to go burn in hell with the likes of Pelosi and Schumer and all of them? And Biden. I should say the Bidens, plural. I don't care how much they talk about being Christians or anything of that nature. Satan can spew that garbage. We need to realize that up and comings is about ready to happen. And push is going to come to shove. And things are going to get real ugly here. Not trying to scare you, but I'm just trying to let you know what's coming. Because when it's all said and done, again, what wall is your name going to be on? Wall of honor or of disgrace? Thanks, everybody, for listening. God bless. I hope you enjoyed the show. It's good to be back. Good to be back. Got another good one coming for you Wednesday. God bless. We'll talk to you then. Goodbye.